After the Hurricanes went 5-7 and seven last year, I think most of us wanted to see Mario Cristobal make some changes to the coaching staff. Then he's making changes, and you guys are freaking out about that. Be careful what you wish for, huh? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I say take a deep breath. Let's see how this plays out, right? I'm Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today, even on a Saturday. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Uh, we are going to be answering some of you guys' Twitter questions on this episode. You can tweet us at Locked on Canes. If you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. Um, some people have even asked me, Hey, and like sincerely asked me, are they going to have a coordinator by spring football? Spring football is going to start March 4th, by the way. Um, <laughs> obviously I can't answer with 100% certainty because I'm not Mario Cristobal in case you haven't noticed, but I could tell you with 99.9999999% certainty that they're going to have somebody by spring. <laughs> And it's this is dragging out so long that some of us are like, I don't even care who they hire as long as it's not Doug Nussmeyer. I don't even care who they hire, just hire somebody. Um, so before we get into your questions, a couple of notes, I think important notes on offensive coordinator, whoever that somebody is, the feeling is that it's not going to be Jason Candle, that the growing sentiment and you never rule it out completely until they hire somebody. And if it's not him, then you'll know. But the growing sentiment is the candle, even though he's not getting the Notre Dame offensive coordinator job, I think he's going to stay at Toledo, uh, which is fine. I mean, he's, he's a head coach there. So, you know, taking an offensive coordinator job at a power five program is not really a promotion from being a head coach at a group of five program and Toledo's been doing a good job under candles tutelage there. I just hope with Jason candle, we never consider this guy for an opening ever again, <laughs> because every year, every year he puts our offensive coordinator searches on hold because he's so indecisive. Jason candle is more indecisive than Cormani McLean and Antoine Jackson combined. So enough of this guy, let's move on with our lives. Okay. Now, uh, another name who is reportedly in the mix, I, you've probably seen this name today, Saturday, going around on Twitter. Uh, this was first reported from 24-7 Sports, Gabby Yerudia. Uh, Major Applewhite may be interviewing this weekend for the offensive coordinator job. Um, familiar name to Hurricanes fans because he was reportedly a candidate for this job a few years back when Manny Diaz was the head coach. Now, Applewhite, he's coached some really good offenses in the past, uh, you know, has had a lot of success at South Alabama where he is currently. So, you know, you would think going from South Alabama to a play and not Alabama, South Alabama to a place like Miami would be a nice step up for him. That would be a promotion, uh, you would think. Um, uh, he did, uh, his offenses anyway, were really, really good when he was the head coach at Houston a few years back. Um, he's a former Texas Longhorns coordinator, former quarterback of Texas many, many years back, like 20 years ago, late 90s, early 2000s. I remember when he quarterbacked the Longhorns. 
And the South Alabama offense that he coaches, they've been very good. Uh, 38th ranked total offense in America last year, 423.7 yards per game. Compare that to Miami. Miami's offense last year, after getting gatfished, uh, they ranked 86th last year, did Miami, at 367.1 yards per game. South Alabama had the 47th ranked scoring offense in the country. Miami had the 97th ranked scoring offense in the country. So, um, you know, I know that the big joke has been anytime you throw out a candidate's name, you can cross them off the list because Mario Cristobal always hires the people you don't expect, right? I mean, it happened last year. Um, no one was talking about Gaddis until he was about to get the job. Kevin Steele on defense, same thing. You know, this year, no one was talking about Lance Guidry until Kane Sport had the scoop right before he got hired. So maybe offense will play out the same way. Uh, but, you know, Major Applewhite reportedly going to interview with Mario Cristobal this weekend. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I'm not going to completely rehash the names that we talked about on yesterday's episode. But remember, yesterday uh, we brought up a name of uh, another uh, Houston guy, uh, current OC at Houston, Shannon Dawson is reportedly interviewing uh, for the job this weekend. Maybe it's happened already. Maybe it's happening later on Saturday night. But uh, I don't know. It's As I said the other day, um, the fact that Dawson comes from an air raid background makes this seem like a little bit of a stretch because that'd be such a far departure from what Mario Cristobal normally likes to do on offense. But I'd love it if he's got an open mind and he's considering even air raid guys because Dawson's offenses at, at Houston have put up just gigantic numbers. So that would be very, very interesting. But, you know, we make that joke about how, you know, you bring up a name, it almost guarantees they're not going to get the job. More than one person who listens to this show has accused me of sabotaging this offensive coordinator search by throwing out too many names. I think some people say it jokingly, but some of you seem completely sincere when you say this, that they seem to think that every time I bring up a possible offensive coordinator candidate, it somehow gets that candidate taken out of consideration. I think people worry about the fact that like Mario hates the media so much. And, you know, Melissa hoodie girl always says it: the loafers work in silence that if, if I bring up a name, it's like, we can't hire that guy. He's being talked about too much. Can you imagine if this show had that much power? <laughs> if we had that much influence, I would try to use that to our advantage. In fact, you guys, you should leave me, leave me comments with the names of people you want to get this job. And I will make sure never to bring up their names on the show if we want to have any chance of getting this thing done. Okay. So like, if we have that much power... I picture Mario Cristobal, he's in his office right now with Major Applewhite. Major, he's got a pen in his hand, and like he's ready to sign the contract. Suddenly, Cristobal gets a call on the bat phone. He's got this really upset look on his face, and he slams the phone like in disgust, and he says to Major, Major, that idiot on Locked on Canes is talking about you right now. Put the pen down, get the hell out of my office because we cannot hire somebody that the media is talking about. Like, you know, chances are Mario, Mario probably doesn't even know or care what names are being brought up, what names aren't. Uh, so, you know, if you guys really think that I have any sort of influence over this process, uh, I'm flattered. I'm flattered by that because no, I, I don't think that I do. All right. So let's dive into some questions. Get uh, looks like multiple questions here 
from uh, one of our great viewers on YouTube. He watches the show on YouTube. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if he does. He he tweeted us. He might be a listener or a viewer or, or both. But Otto Liller asks us, he says two questions. Number one, what are the Mega Millions numbers for tomorrow night's drawing? And two, do you have any insights on which class of 2023 recruits or transfers are really impressing or surprising folks as we get nearer to the start of spring ball? Uh, for number one, first of all, uh, I think he tweeted this a couple days ago, so I might already be too late for the Mega Millions numbers. I'm so sorry. But honestly, with uh, with how poor my record has been in predicting coordinator hires, maybe you don't want my Mega Millions numbers. Maybe whatever numbers I give you, just choose different numbers. Like, I can give you the numbers that won't win Mega Millions. In fact, because that's what we've been the best at here on Locked on Canes. We can tell you who's not going to get the job. Uh, better than we or anybody can tell you who's going to get the job because Cristobal keeps this so close to the best. A lot of folks out there are just guessing on this stuff. Okay. As far as like which 2023 recruits are looking really good. Uh, I have been specifically told that the five-star O linemen are looking awesome. Uh, Pancake Honcho and Francis Maui Goa have both been turning heads in the off season program and in the weight room. Uh, grown men. Those are names that have been specifically brought up to me. As far as transfers go, uh, I, I haven't, maybe I just haven't asked enough, but I haven't really been given a whole lot of info or specifics on transfers, but uh, I was reading uh, on Kane's insight, a post from D money on one of his, uh, the banks where he brought up uh, transfer O lineman, JV on Cohen from Alabama and Matt Lee, the center from UCF. He said that they are quote, carrying themselves like veterans who know how to work so that's nice i mean you get you get a bunch of like motivated veterans in that locker room and even you know even some of these 18 year old true freshmen who just want to come in here and kick butt and they're hopefully setting the tone for the rest of these players i, I love to see that uh we get a question here uh let me get to this one i'll answer this one on the other side because uh, we have a lot to come here on locked on canes we're only getting started here but it goes back to what I talked about in the intro. People freaking out over stability or lack thereof. Instability happening. Turbulence happening in this offseason. What are we going to do with so many coaches coming and going and you've got recruits coming and going? Is the University of Miami going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? We'll get to that and more next, right after we talk about FanDuel, our new Sports betting partner here on the Locked On Network. Guys, there's a reason why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. We got the midway point of the NBA season here. We got Super Bowl 57 tomorrow. Guys, this is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $3,000 on Super Bowl 57. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Uh, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers uh, to all sorts of props before and during the game. You guys know what I like uh, for the big game, Philly versus Kansas City. I like the Eagles minus one and a half. I've locked that in now. Um, I like Travis Kelsey from the Chiefs as an anytime touchdown scorer. He scores a touchdown anytime you win. And I like the national anthem from Chris Stapleton to go under 
not over. Yeah, you can get action on stuff like that as well. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So do not miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, and we are available free on YouTube. So we get a question here from Maine Kane, who says, with the sudden loss of all these coaches, what does that say about Mario or the state of the football program as a whole? Those were some major names and hires. It seems pretty anticlimactic that after just one season, it all just fell apart so exquisitely. Uh, that was an exquisitely worded question, by the way. This guy must have gotten like a 1600 on his SATs. That was impressive, Main Kane. I, uh, I, I don't know if you're a writer somewhere. You probably should be. That was very well written. Um, listen, yes, it, it is worth pointing out that what looked like an all-star coaching staff last year you had the reigning Broyles Award winner as your offensive coordinator. You had a very well-traveled, experienced defensive coordinator. And I remember, he wasn't fired. He took a job elsewhere, although, you know, a lot of Hurricanes fans weren't really happy with the work that Kevin Steele did last year. I thought that he was scapegoated a little bit by some fans. Um, you know, Frank Ponce left as quarterback's coach. Charlie Strong leaves as linebacker's coach. So you can definitely say that for all the questions we had about what's it going to take to get this quote unquote all-star coaching staff to like work together in perfect harmony. I think it's safe to say that didn't happen, but you know what, if something doesn't work, um, you don't want to double down on your mistakes. So I, I can respect the fact that Mario Cristobal specifically with Josh Gaddis, I can respect the fact that he realized changes need to be made here. You just can't afford to get it wrong twice, okay? That, that That's kind of where I'm at, okay? So at least with the firing of Josh Gaddis, it tells us that Mario Cristobal, I know everyone, like all the Oregon fans just say he's so stubborn, but, you know, he's trying to get this right. I wish Mario had hired a new OC by now, but I'm not going to freak out too much about the OC opening until I see how the situation plays out, Right? Cristobal's got to know that this hire is just way too important to get wrong. He can't get this wrong a second time. That might be part of the reason why it's taking so long, right? When you're, you know, interviewing tons of candidates as he reportedly is, and you're vetting these candidates, you're considering your options. Maybe you waited a little bit too long for Jason Candle, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I think that's the way that that cliche goes. But, uh, you know, maybe part of the reason why this is taking so long is he knows how important it is to get this right. Like He doesn't just want to hire the next guy. He wants to hire the right guy, okay? As far as Kevin Steele, you know, he left. It's hard to say no to Nick Saban, right? I think we might very well be better off with Lance Guidry. This guy's an up-and-comer. His defenses have overachieved everywhere he's been. I mean, think about what Marshall's defense did the last couple of years with the type of talent that, you know, doesn't even compare to Miami's. I mean, they would only dream about having the type of talent that Miami has. Uh, you know, and we lost Charlie Strong because Cristobal chose Guidry over him for coordinator. That's just the cost of doing business, okay? So as far as the state of the football program, I can't sit here and tell you everything's great because that's yet to be determined. I also can't sit here and tell you everything's in shambles because that's yet to be determined. 
Like anyone who claims to know everything's going to be fine, or there's other people who say, oh, it's a dumpster fire. This is terrible. Cristobal's going to fail. Anybody who claims that doesn't know. Guys, I, I can't see into the future. I know I had somebody asking me for the Mega Millions numbers. <laughs> if I could tell you those, I probably would have won Mega Millions by now at this point in my life. Okay, so uh, I don't know. But the state of the football program, it's yet to be determined. I can tell you that even more important than hiring coaches is talent acquisition, recruiting, transfer portal. Talent acquisition is the single most important thing to building a winning college football team. And, you know, Cristobal has a great recruiting class, even despite, you know, a couple of flakes not panning out. He's weeded out some of the players who weren't buying in last year may have been creating problems in the locker room. That's why you've had like 20 guys hit the portal already. Um, so, you know, guys who don't want to be here or guys who are causing problems, it's best to get them out of the program. And yeah, listen, I'm, we talked about this earlier. I'm hearing rave reviews about how good the new offensive linemen have been hitting their offseason workouts. You know, I brought up the five-star tackles, Maui Goa, Okun Lola, it looks like Antonio Tripp is also kicking some butt as well. I love that dude. And, you know, Mario Cristobal, he really expects an uncommon work ethic from his players. And the nucleus of the team has to set the example for the rest of the team. So you've got to have guys in leading the way who are hard workers. And hopefully Miami has more of those guys this year than they had last year. And listen... Many of us, if not most of us, wanted serious changes to be made to the staff. We wanted a true rebuild. This is exactly what's happening right now, roster-wise, coaching staff-wise. So, yeah, it's easy to say you want this stuff to happen, but then some of you get, like, a bit shocked when you actually see what a rebuild looks like. So just my advice, stay patient. Let's not overreact one way or another until we see how these changes sort themselves out. Uh, sometimes people accuse me of being too optimistic, I'd probably rather be too optimistic than too pessimistic, but I'm not going to pretend I can tell you, hey, within two, three years, guaranteed national championships. I can't say that, but I would be just as disingenuous if I were sitting here telling you this is all going to fall apart. This is going to be terrible. Nothing's going to work. I, I'm optimistic about some of the changes being made, and I'm optim optimistic about the talent acquisition, so I will leave it at that. Get a, an interesting question here from our pal Salty Ran, who asks, does Mario ever take vacations, he says. If so, does Mrs. Mario confiscate his phone during those times? Uh, uh, I, I would imagine that Mrs. Cristobal is extremely cool, right? Because I, I think it takes a special kind of lady to be married to a football coach because they're working all the time, especially someone like Mario, who never stops working. Now, I, I can't answer that question for Cristobal. I don't know. Does he take vacations? At some point in his life, he's probably taken a vacation. I would love to ask Cristobal that exact question in the future. So I'm going to write this question down and I'm going to save it for a future press conference. It's got to be the right moment, though, because like sometimes Mario is like he can be like really intense, like talking football. So I don't want to be the one who, like, he's breaking down, like, the trench play. I'm like, hey, Mario, by the way, does your wife confiscate your phones on vacations? Like, there's got to be a time and a place to ask these kind of questions. But I'm going to bookmark this for later. And if I get a chance to ask him, I will ask him. Because if you catch him in the right moment, I think he can give a really good, fun answer to that. Like, I remember, um, 
you know, I, I think it was the last presser Mario had. It was uh, early National Signing Day. And Manny Navarro asked him a question about the loafers, which was like a good kind of light, fun question. And Mario enjoyed it. He talked about how, like, you know, he he doesn't go out shopping enough and Navarro should take him out shopping. So I'm sure we can have some fun with that. Uh, Pierce asks us. And by the way, guys, all these questions that I'm reading come into our Twitter account at Locked on Canes. So. Tweet us a question at Locked on Canes. We might answer it on the show. If you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. Pierce Locurto asks us, how much more movement do you expect on this roster before the season starts? Um, I don't think I, I don't think I could even guess like an exact number of like, oh, seven more will leave. Five more will come in. But I'm expecting movement. Like there's no freaking doubt about it because it's inevitable. Um the next time the transfer portal opens is a couple weeks after spring football finishes. So at the end of spring football, you're going to have some players who figure out, I've got a pretty good, good idea of where I stand with the new coaches, right? Cause you've got a new defensive coordinator. You're going to have a new offensive coordinator, quarterbacks, coach and wide receivers coach. So a lot of these players, not only will the coaches be evaluating them, these players will be evaluating the coaches and how they fit with those schemes. So I think there's going to be several who decide maybe this is not the right place and the right fit for me. And then on the other side of it, I think where Miami is going to be very active in the transfer portal, bringing players in, it's going to be a wide receiver. Um, they have been for the last uh two, three months, probably even longer than that, based on how bad the offense was during the season last year, they've been recruiting wide receivers with handcuffs on, right? Because either it was Josh Gaddis out there trying to recruit receivers who didn't believe in his offense, or it was Josh Gaddis with one foot out the door, knowing he's not going to be back, probably not putting a whole lot of effort into recruiting. So you've got a lot of lost time to make up for. And, you know, obviously transfer portal recruiting is not like exactly the same thing as high school recruiting, but it's, it's similar enough. And Miami's going to be working that transfer portal. And so, yeah, listen, by, by May, you're going to know, uh, you know, and you can actually, you can bring guys in who are in the portal right now before May, but I think there's going to be new receivers who hit the portal from other places in May. Uh, I also think Miami is after Gary Bryant Jr., who's not decided yet where he's going to go, the former USC wide receiver who's in the portal. Miami is in play for him. That's where I expect the most incoming movement uh, to be wide receivers and maybe cornerback as well, right? You got two corners in the transfer portal, Terry Roberts and Devontae Brown. Uh, but, you know, the, the freshman class is thinner than you thought it was going to be because I know I already said his name once today and I apologize, but he whose name shall no longer be spoken flipped to Colorado and Antoine Jackson is, you know, trying to go somewhere else. So I think they could try to get more corners as well. We get a question from Big Willie who says, with all these coaching spots needing to be filled so close to spring football, how worried are you it could affect the players? Um uh, a little bit, a little worried, I guess, Willie. Um, good question. Um, I, I know that this is the sort of thing that Cristobal is really good at in communicating with his players and kind of being very transparent, right? Like when Kevin Steele left 
I don't think too many of the players on the team were completely caught by surprise to that. When Josh Gaddis was let go, I have a feeling these guys already knew that that was happening. In fact, some of these players might already know who the next offensive coordinator is going to be. They, they may already be privy to that information that the rest of us are not privy to. So I, I think Mario is good at communicating that stuff. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's never ideal to have this many coaches coming and going all at once, but it can be reality in college football. And, uh, and I know that Cristobal is, he's pretty darn good at keeping his players updated and letting them feel the love and knowing, uh, you know, it's going to be okay. We hope it's going to be okay. Uh, let's see. I think I have time for one more. Uh, let's see. I like this one from Brent Peterson. He says, what position on defense will you pay the most attention to in spring football? Well, I don't think you get as much from trench play. I like always in spring. I like watching, uh, you know, you're asking about defense. I know I like watching the quarterbacks, how they're slinging it. I like watching receivers and I like watching defensive backs. And especially this year, you've got so many new faces at DB. Yeah. I'm going to be watching that. Right. Because you've got a couple of four star freshman corners coming in, Robert Stafford, and uh, Damari Brown, uh, I love. Actually, I, I think Damari Brown not an early enrollee, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, uh, you know, Stafford isn't either. Man, well, I, I want to watch Terry Roberts, and I want to watch Devonte Brown. So I'm certainly going to have my eyes on defensive backs. So you can kind of carry that over into fall as well, right? Because like once Robert Stafford gets on campus, I'm going to be watching him really closely in fall camp. So. Definitely. I mean, I, I'm going to keep a close eye on the defensive backs. I want to see what James Williams looks like this year, because this is hopefully the year that James can just put it all together, man, because we know how good and how physical he can be. We all, we obviously already know that Cam Kitchens is a stud, but yeah, I'm probably going to be watching the defensive backs and the linebackers, right? I want to see Francisco Maui Goa, the transfer. Uh, I want to see the freshmen. So I'm going to be watching that. Basically, I will be watching every play. I'm going to be watching the kickers, man. I'm going to be watching everybody. The new punter, Dylan Joyce, I want to see what he can do. So uh, I'd probably say defensive backs and linebackers, but I will be watching everybody. So, all right, we had a few questions we did not have time for, so I'm going to try to answer those on a future episode. Um, guys, if you have a chance, you know, actually, before we go, I want to see if I can throw a few shout-outs here to those who have left us uh, five-star reviews. Yes, I've got some new ones here. Got a recent five-star review on Apple Podcasts from Bob in Utah. Thank you so much for listening to us from Utah. You know, Utah, that's where Built Bars are made. So, Bob, if you live anywhere close to the Built Bar factory, just go in there and load up on them Built Bars, man. Thank you for listening from Utah. Uh, got a five-star review from a user who goes by the U. We got a five-star from Olema2. Thank you so much for listening. We got one from JBiv4, who uh, he appreciates the fact that we're on every single day. And I couldn't have it any, any other way. There's way too much that always happens with the Canes. So we're on here every day. We get a, uh, a review from Kay Sadowski, who went to the U. And I remember her. Uh, she went to the U. Um, her and her husband were there when I was there. So shout out to Kate and Scott. Thank you both so much for listening. They got some kids as well. I hope I uh, hope your sons listen. I, they're 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 not that old yet, but try to get them indoctrinated on Locked On Canes as early as possible. Uh, we get a five star from Mister Blue Water who listens in Hawaii. Thank you so much. And from Daddy Matty D who listens. Uh, I'm not sure if he's in Hawaii or Utah or South Florida, but. 
Thank you guys for the five-star reviews. We will talk to you guys again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.